right. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Wow, you're doing that bad. I'm doing a lot better than that. Let's try that again. How are you guys doing this morning? Come on. It, it, it's group Sunday. Come on, that's something to be excited about. If I said it was Super Bowl Sunday, I know you guys would be all super excited. Hey, I just want to welcome you to church. Hey, we got a special guest in the house. I, I have to highlight him. He's here. He popped in second service. Jacob, could you stand up? I'm going to show. Well, this is our young adults director over all the campuses. Could you just kind of wave your hand? If you've got any young adults in the house or parents with young adults, I would encourage you to come meet him after service. Great guy, highly anointed, really big things to come in your life. I'm super excited for you, bro. You guys ready? All right, let's pray. Let's start off with prayer. Father God, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, would you allow me to get out of your way? People did not come into this building to hear my words. They came in to hear your truth, your hope, and to see the light. Lord, would you just move in a powerful way through this service, um, and that, that you would just change mindsets, you would change hearts, and God, that we would receive the word that you gave us this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right, I'm going to start in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24, 24. And if you do not have a Bible, I want to encourage you after service, information desk, we've got tons of Bibles to place in your hand. You can also download our app on the Android device, uh, Christian Faith Center app. And if you have an Apple, I'm sorry, half-eaten Apple, I don't know about that. I'm not an Apple user, but I assume it's probably on that device as well too. But I would encourage you to download it. You guys ready? Here we go. It's, the scripture says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Man, that sounds good. And, and let us not neglect, I want you to hear this, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want everybody to say drawing near. His return is drawing near, and what he's telling us is we need to gather, and we need to get closer to one another, not let the enemy, not let the world, not let the circumstances and situation divide us. That's the greatest tool of the enemy, to divide us, to make sure that we don't get into small groups. Like, well, I, I, I don't want to get into that group. They're going to judge me. They're going to know my business. I don't know the scripture enough. I, I, I'm not godly enough. That is not what groups are designed for. Groups are designed to bring people, whether they believe in God or not, together under one home, under one small group to minister to people, not preaching the gospel, but just being an example of the gospel to other people. Can I hear an amen this morning? That's what small groups, and this is Group Sunday, and this message it has no title other than it's Group Sunday. I really want to emphasize so many different things and reasons why we need to plug in in a group, but we can never neglect as a church the most important thing other than Christ, connections with one another. I don't know about you, but I've read the scripture up and down, and I never see that how it worked really well for a dude on an island. It didn't work well for Adam in the garden to be alone. It doesn't, it's not going to work for you to be alone. We need to be connected with one another relationally. But see, we need Jesus for salvation. That's pretty clear. But we need one another to lean on each other, don't we? Those times where we're struggling, those times where we have a loss, those times where we just need some correction, somebody just needs to give us a boot and set us, you know, re reset us, right? Come on. Sometimes we need that in our life. But you're not going to get that on an island. You're not going to get that in isolation. You're going to get that in a small group. I don't care if it's knitting. I'm not going to be a knitter. I'm not going to be a, a worship team. I I'm not going to be a, a baker. It's just not my thing. It's not my passion. But each and every one of you have a passion, don't you? God's placed something inside you. Maybe it's volleyball. Maybe it's soccer. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something so radically different. But you know what? You're going to reach people that I could never reach because you have a like passion. And he's going to use that into a purpose. See, I, I, we don't want you to change what you're doing. I want you to understand that. Like, well, i got to get into a group. Man, this has got to be theology-based. You know, theology it's got to be a super study. And those things are amazing and good. But not all of our groups are that. 
And you're like, well, it's just a knitting group. I, I want to tell you something right now. Your group is more spiritual than you imagine and than you could think of. That knitting group, that baking group, that whatever group, God is moving in people's lives through you. Bringing healing, bringing deliverance, his power coming through you to touch people's lives if we would just be an example and just love on them. Men that come in all tatted up, all pierced up, you know, smoking and, and dropping the F-bomb. I tell you what, they walk into that environment. At first, they'll be a little uncomfortable. Like, oh, nobody else is doing that. And slowly but slowly, we don't need to be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the church, we, we think we're in the business of being the Holy Spirit. Like, we got to move and shut it down. And people got to fall down. Like, we're doing all the work. It's not about you. We just got to be present and we just got to love people. And I don't care if you know, people burn you. That's okay. Refinement takes burning. And, I'm gonna, and that, that leads me to this in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. I want you to listen closely this morning. As sh- iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Did you hear that? For this to actually work, for this to actually work in practice, it doesn't do me any good to hold a sword or to hold something relationally over here and expect it to be sharpened. i got to get nice and close i got to get super close to somebody relationally, right? You, you can't have a relationship, but you can for a little while, but it's really difficult. The further, we're our, further we are apart, the further we don't communicate, the less we communicate. Now, we're, now there's a distance, and now there's a wedge in between us, and this is right for the enemy. He's a punk. He likes to get in there like, ha, they're not talking. They're arguing. Their kid's going crazy. Their finances are in, in order. But you know what? We need small groups. We need people relationally to lean into. Because you know what? Sometimes people are going to need to lean into us, but we're going to need to lean into them. Nobody's perfect. Man, I just had a layer uh, of, of my, I call it my life onion, my, my pride onion, if you will. God's still working on me a little bit. Uh, this last week, he pulled a layer back. Man, it was stinky. There's some things I realized in myself. I'm like, ah, ah, get that off me, right? But, but how, how does that happen if you're not vulnerable with somebody? How does that happen if you don't open up to somebody? How does that happen if you're not attached relationally with someone? We, oh, we need to be purified, but sometimes you're going to get burned. Maybe you got a loud family like my, like my dad's side. Man, the women in that house are loud. They communicate at a high octave, at a, at a number 10 constantly. Maybe there's pressure. Maybe there's pressure. Maybe you're getting burned a little bit. Maybe there's some friction. But you know what? You need that in order to grow. You need that in order to be refined into what God has for you. And that only happens in relationships. You know, I hear this all the time. Oh, it's just me and Jesus. Mm. I get my Jesus time. It's just me and Jesus. But scripture is very clear that he said, yeah, it's you and me. But you need people. I place people in delegated authority, mentors, intercessors in your life that, man, you need to be connected with that you need to be relational, you need to grow with. You want to grow? You want to see people healed? You want to see people delivered? You want to see the power manifested through you, not you, but his power manifested through you? you got to be in a group. Pastor on the stage can't do it all. I don't care how big or how anointed or how skinny jeans and, and cool his shirt and his hair looks and his glasses. He can't do it all. He's not made to do it all. Scripture is very clear on that. To equip the saints of the work of the ministry. I want to equip you. I want to encourage you to get connection or to get relationally connected with one another. And that only happens in small groups. It will not happen on a Sunday. A fist bump will not suffice when you lose somebody. 
I'm going to say that again. A fist bump and a chest bump and a booty bump, whatever you do. I got to judge you. Whatever you do, it's not going to suffice when you're in, in a season of loss. You need that person or that people in your life to lean into. And that's what small groups is all about. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you, will, you may be healed. Come on, that sounds good. I don't know about you, but it says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Don't get mad at me. This is a biblical principle. This is a biblical model to set forward. It, 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 the model is not for people to come up on stage and say, Man, I am, I'm struggling with addiction, and so everybody in the world knows what's going on. My marriage is on the rocks. Everything is a mess. No, he said, if we would confess to one another. You got a grievance with somebody? Man, confess it. Say, man, man, you made me mad. But you got to confess it and pray for one another. That's when healing happens. That's when walls break down. That's when chains and shackles fly off of people's feet and hands, and they can walk free. It's not going to happen just in a Sunday service. We have amazing prayer teams that pray you up. But, man, life happens Monday through Saturday out those doors, don't it? And for some reason, in the church culture, we think, man, I want to be healed in Jesus' name, but i got to come to church and i got to find a preacher to do it. I'm here to set you straight. You can be healed outside of church. You could be ministered and ministered to other people outside of the church. I'm just saying. Read, read Acts if you don't believe me. Outside of the church, miracles happen. Matter of fact, in Acts, most of the miracles in Acts happen outside of the church. I'm just saying. Small groups, groups of people gathering with one another. We're a church of small groups, of small groups. There's a key word there. We're not a church that just does small groups. It's been a passion. Like my wife said, we went to this conference, mind-blowing, some amazing stuff that was discussed, and it really shifted our hearts in the area of small groups. My prayer, my prayer now is that when we, not if, when we get to an attendance of 500 or more, that our groups will exponentially be larger than, than what our Sunday attendance is. So if we have 500 people in the house on a Sunday, we have 1,000 people attending small groups because that is a healthy model. Because what that's telling me is there's, there's 500 people that don't want to step into church yet. They don't want to come into a church yet, but, man, they're going to come to your group because your group is off the hook, and, man, you feed them pulled pork and tacos. Man, They'll come on, really. They'll, they'll come to your group. But they don't want to step foot in a church because they're, 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 they're going to observe. They, they want to see what the church is like through you. That's a caution to us as believers. What are they seeing through you that they're, they're having pre preconceived notions and, and thoughts and formulating really their own facts about what they believe the church is? Pews with, with holy water and, and crazy weird things. That's what the people believe, church. But we've got to change that mindset. See, in John 13, 35, it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. Not your words, not your skinny jeans, not your career, not your degrees, your love. That's why we put loving people to life on our building. It's not just a logo. We're trying to fill up space and trying to make it decorating. We, we, that has to be a lifestyle. We have to literally love people to life because, man, I don't know if you're like me, but you were down in the, in the trenches, in the yuck, in the mire, and you were so thankful that somebody put their hand down and said, I want to love you to life. I, I, I've been there, but there is hope, and that's found in Jesus Christ. But it takes us, church. It takes us to do that. See, we, we hear this world, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission, go and make disciples of men. And the people hear that word disciple, and they run. I don't want to be a disciple. I don't know the scripture enough. I don't have a staff and a rod to whack people with, right? I, I don't have those things. 
But I want to break down just really quickly what a disciple is. It's helping people. It's being intentional. It's saying, hey, I don't know you, sir or ma'am, but, you know, I think you'd be a great fit for this group. I think you'd be a great part of this community. I think you should just come to church just one time, and it'll radically change your, your, your mindset. And you'll come into a relationship, not a religion with Jesus, but you got to love them. you got to be there for them. It's just being there. You don't have to have the words and the eloquent scriptures to say. You just need some ears. God gave us two ears for a reason and one mouth for a reason. I'm just saying. We've got to listen more than we speak. And we've got to trust. We haven't had to have this environment that we have this grace-based, this grace-filled area that's safe and a trusted environment for people to grow spiritually in your groups. There has to be a trust factor. You didn't just trust God off the, off the, the moment that you came to Christ, did you? It comes with a relationship. You didn't just trust your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend and then, oh, oh we're just going to get married because I just trust you instantly. No, that comes with relationships and through trials and through tribulations and for showing up and leaning in on one another. Trust. Teaching. Teaching them about obedience. The only way you're going to do that, obedience, is not just saying, you need to be obedient to God. It's actually living it out and sharing the things that you had to walk out in your own life. The struggles of marriage, the struggles of pain, the struggles of loss. When people see you walk that out and, and they see, wow, that person's really gone through the ringer. But man, because of Jesus, their life was changed and they're filled with joy. They don't need stuff. They need Jesus. And then finally, Jesus. We just introduce them to Jesus. And I'm not saying we have a big shining light and a better, here is Jesus. What we say is, here I am. Come as you are. Let me love on you. And let me introduce you to somebody that just completely changed my life. It's those opportunities in a small group where you're going to have that. People will come to Christ here on a Sunday. That, that will always happen. That's powerful. And I think it's, it's a, one of the main reasons we have service on Sunday. But why, why miss on an opportunity to watch somebody's life change before you? That you can say when they sit in the seat and they raise their hands like, I prayed for that dude. You don't know that dude. That was a prayer. I prayed for that guy in that seat. And he just raised his hand. It took me months to get him to come into a relationship. But God hears your prayers. And he is faithful. Come on, church. He is faithful to your prayer. Don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for those in your, in your family or your friends. Invite them to a group. But see, we live in a culture that, man, God is, the love of God is so cold. We see mass shootings, abductions, anxiety, depression, rudeness, all this craziness. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a ripe, of, a, a, a ripe environment for an awakening from God. A movement from God. A revival, if I can say that. See... I, I don't think of the times where, you know, they preached the, they preached the great message and, and thousands of people came to Christ. I don't think it was because of their clothes. I don't think it was because, and this might be theology by Eric, but I don't think it was because that what they had to say was super powerful and the way that they communicated. I think the environment was right for people to come to Christ. And as I look in the world, I turn on the news for like five seconds, I know that the world is ripe for an awakening from Jesus Christ, but it's going to take us as people to make it happen. God's going to use us. It's not about us, but God's going to use us. But if we're all dragging our feet, sitting on the couch saying, the world needs to change, it's not going to change much. The only thing that's going to change is the channel, I'm just saying. I love Netflix, y'all, but you got to get off our butts and we got to actually put it into action to see it happen. Opportunities. We're going to provide you opportunities. But I, I want to break down 
group. That word group. I, I really want to break this down for the next four hours here. I'm just totally joking. But I, I want to break this down for a little bit just so you can kind of understand my heart. Uh, the first one is G is for grow. We're going to have a picture of an unplanted tomato. I don't know about you. I do not have a green thumb. I've actually got a black thumb where anything, any plant that I touch, it dies instantly. I don't care what it is. If I put it, even if I put it in good soil, it's just going to die. But you're like, well, why, why are you planting? I was like, well, I'm not planting. That's why I'm not doing a planting group. I'm just saying. Maybe somebody else will. But the point I'm getting at is growing is not automatic. Growing is not automatic. You come to Christ. You don't just have this revelation and you know everything and, and you figured it all out. None of us. We're all still growing. There's 100-year-olds that are still growing. Come on. If I only knew half of what I thought I knew when I was 18, man, I'd be all right, right? Come on. thought I knew it all at 18 years old. I'm just saying. But growing is not automatic. For it to grow, it's got to be placed in good soil. And that's what small groups are, is good soil. You're wondering why you're not growing spiritually. You're wondering why your walk, maybe you're struggling in certain things. Are you relationally connected? Are you with me this morning, church? Are, are, you, are you relationally connected with people? That is what Small groups is about. But see, the common mistakes when you plant, didn't know this, had to look this up, but it's ignoring the forecast, overlooking the soil, extreme heat, letting plants get thirsty, and ignoring pests. All the things I do. No wonder I kill plants. But we wait too long to get involved. We say, oh, next semester I'm going to do, do a group. I'm going to get in a group next semester. Something always comes along. I don't know if you were like us maybe when you were younger, like, oh, I'm going to have a child when I got all my finances and my career in order. Man, when, when I get life figured out, that's, that's when we'll start, you know, we'll start with the kids. Come on, parents. We know, we know that's far from reality, right? But why do we wait? Why do we wait to get, to get plugged in? Time could be gone in an instant. I want to live like Jesus is coming tomorrow, not like I've got plenty of time to figure this thing out. Come on, that's what the youth thinks. Like, man, I'm young, I'm 25, i got all times to figure this out. Man, I'm going to do my thing, I'm going to party it up, and then I'll come to God when I'm like 50. That's backwards. That's backwards. But see, being in a group means that when you get tired, when circumstances come against you, when you get all dried up, you're hungry, you're thirsty, when you're under attack, and you can't even put a stake in the ground saying, I'm done with this addiction, I'm done with this circumstance, that's when you need people in your life to lean into. You need people in your life to lean into. I'm not, just, I'm not saying you're just your spouse. Your spouse is important. Your relationship with God is important. But sometimes we just need that other person in our life just to just say, you know what? Get in there. But you want people to surround you that will build your marriage up. Come on. You don't want to be the, 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 the negative Nancys or the sandpaper Susies over here in the background like, oh, you need to leave them. You know, you're justified. No, you want people like, man, you need to step up and be a man and lead your house. You need to get into the word. You need to get on your knees. Guys, we keep saying, oh, our wives got to submit. Yeah, we got to submit to Christ first. I'm just saying, it had nothing to do with my sermon. I just felt like saying that because I got the microphone. But I'm saying, we, 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 we got to submit to Christ, guys. I'm just saying. But we need people in our life. We need to surround ourselves with people that pray and encourage and help us. I don't want people that just speak negativity. Oh, you'll always be broke. You're always going to be this. You're never going to be qualified. Man, I, last time I heard uh, somebody qualified in the Bible, I'm still looking through the Bible to find out who was actually qualified to do what God called them to do. I'm still looking. So if somebody says, you ain't qualified, say, hey, I'm a good company. Right? Praise God. God's called me. 
It's not my gifts, my talents. It's not going to be any of that that breaks any yoke. It's not going to be any of that that moves any people. It's going to be the anointing of God that moves over your life that's going to break chains. It ain't going to be my fancy hair and my shoes. I wish that was the case, but it's not. Now we got a picture of a tomato, healthy tomato plant. I said last service, this is more like a cartoon. I feel like this came from Looney Tunes, but it illustrates my point this morning. You notice the progress here. When you were initially planted in Christ, when you were initially in that group, are you producing fruit immediately? No. But as you grow, as you continue on, as people pour into you, you know, the fruit changes color, and then boom, now you're producing fruit, and you're also producing seed so other groups can come from that. I believe in my heart that there's at least 30 groups just sitting in this room right now. I believe by the next semester, We'll have about 60 groups just for call wine. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm on fire for small groups because it is so important for us to be connected. I'm not going to be able to know all of you. I know your names. I know your pretty smiles. Sometimes your smell, the cologne that just hits me like a, brick, a ton of bricks in the wall. But I, I know you. I, I can pick you out. But I don't know you relationally, Right? But somebody connected will know you relationally, will have those, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're singing hallelujah, but they really need prayer. They're broke right now. They need us. And let's surround them. But i got to tell you something. Your destiny and your potential will always be attached to someone else. If you think, man, I, I'm the best preacher ever. My, my sermons are home runs. Every, my name ain't T.J. Jakes. I'm just saying. I need people in my life to build me up. I need people to help me along this journey. I need people that cover me. I need people to help me on this journey. But your destiny and potential will oftentimes, if not always, be found in a relationship with someone else. What do I do? Get covered. Be under someone else. Somebody else's mentorship and love. The R is for reciprocate. I want everybody to say to reciprocate. It's a long word with lots of vowels. I just thought it was funny. It was very, very Apparently humor in my head's better than you guys think this morning. Okay, moving on. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, like I said earlier, confess your sins to each other. But I want to highlight, then you may be healed. Did you hear that? When people need a healing, when people have a loss, they don't go, oh, get me to church, find me a preacher. No. They say, where's my closest friend? I, I need to call him right now. I need to call her right now. I'm in a struggle right now. I'm about to do something that I know I don't need to be doing, and I need to lean into them. And we need to be allowing people to lean into us because someday we're going to need them to lean into them. I'm just saying. But they're not going to come to church. They're not going to find a preacher on the street and say, man, will you pray for me? They might, but they're going to first come to their best friend. No man is an island. I know you've heard that before. You ever be that, that guy reciprocating? Talk about reciprocating. You put your hand out there for a handshake. And you, you hang it there, and you're like, man, there's got to be some like, kind of time limit here. Like, you got three seconds, brother. If you don't shake my hand, I'm doing, like, one of these kind of things, right? But the thing is, we need to always keep our hand out. Jesus doesn't do this, and then if you don't reciprocate immediately, go, oh, oh, I guess, oh, that's it. He always keeps his hands out. He's always asking for someone, will you just reach out to me? Man, I'm not telling you to get it figured out. Will you just reach? And we need to do that. In unity as a church, people, not a building, church, in small groups, reaching out to people, say, will you just grab a hold of my hand? Let us help you. There's people in here, man, so many talents, so many gift sets, so many, the hearts are for different demographics, different, it's just it's amazing. But we need to always have our hand out. People always want to be known. 
Come on, you, you remember that one first time you came into church? Ooh, I'm going I'm to find a big church so I can blend in. Come on, I've been there. I'm going to blend in. I'm going to get in the back. I'm going to blend in. But some of those people, they're, they're crying out to God and saying, hey, do you notice me? A pastor's not always going to notice every single person in the church. I'm just, I'm just being real with you guys. But why can't we all? Why can't we all help and be in unity with one another and say, hey, looks like you're new here. I'm not going to have you stand up and say, ah, there's a new person. Let's put our hands together for the new person, right? And then it's awkward because then if nobody stands up, right, and then you're like, oh, we've got no more, no more new people today, moving on, right? But we're not going to do that. I, I want people to engage with people. Even if you're not leading a small group, man, you can, you can still love on people, amen? O is for observe. People are observing you. The definition of observe is to notice and to perceive something and actually register it as something significant. I want us to look in the first Peter chapter 3, verse 2, real quick. I know this is speaking to wives, but it really applies to us in this sense. It says, then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. Did you hear that? Without any words. Two ears, one mouth, just saying. They will be won over by observing your pure and relevant lives. I came to Christ at the process. Somebody that, that lived this out. I, I was in the military, and I remember this one sergeant. He never preached. He never said anything. We were over there dropping F-bombs and, and just, just not living anything that resembled a life for Christ. But yet here he was, sitting in a corner, and, and he wouldn't tell us. We all knew he was a believer. But the way that he responded, the way that he loved, the way that he extended his hand out to people that I and my own arrogant pride didn't think that they deserved, I tell you what, that stuck with me, and I noticed that. Man, what is different about this guy? He's driving me crazy at first, but after a while, it's like, man, what's different about this guy? My wife's parents loved me to life. I, I, I was living for myself, all wrapped up, thinking, man, I got this. I got this life thing figured out, man. Talk about pride. Whew. You got anybody dealing with pride, I'll pray for you because that was something I struggled with. And it was amazing that her parents didn't preach. Didn't dance around, blow on a chauffeur, didn't slam the Bible in front of my face. They just loved me in. And I tell you what, I observed everything. Parents, just, just like when your kids, sometimes they say words you wish they didn't hear you say. Sometimes they do things and remember conversations you wish you didn't have. Come on. People, non-Christians, are observing everything we're doing. Their perception of church is coming from you. It's not, we blame the media, we blame this and that, we blame that political party or whatever it is, but it's us. What are we shaping at the church? We say, oh, I met Jesus today in church. Oh, it was so spirit-filled. What are you cutting me off for? Like, you, you turn the switch immediately, right? People are watching that. Just be cautious of that. I'm just going to leave that for what it is. But people, they're going to be attracted. They're, my friends... My family that don't know Christ, they are not going to be attracted because I got skinny jeans and I hit a home run on a Sunday. They're not going to be attracted because Pastor, Pastor Mike and the worship team hit a home run with worship and, and, and God was here, but God was not in them. Because their life was filled with hypocrisy and words. Words mean nothing to this generation, I'm just telling you. An example means everything. We're ambassadors of Christ and we need to start acting like it. We need, to, we need to showcase his love well by actually living it out. 
People are going to be a part of your group before they step foot in this church. I'm just telling you, i got friends that will go to a small group, but they will not come into church because they're the preconceived notions. They got hurt in a church. They got used in a church. The church is this. They got sprinkly holy water this. Some churches are weird. I'm just saying, some churches are weird what they're doing. And, but they're shaping our youth's minds of what they expect church. They expect church. I talked to somebody the other day that they, they had no idea. They looked at me and they're like, oh, you're at the church. Oh, that's great. What do you do? Do you, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I, I help out over there. And, and if we got down to the nitty gritty and they're like, what do you actually do? I'm, I was like, I'm the pastor over there. Like, no, that can't be. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I don't know if you're questioning my ability. I, I, I don't know. I was, so I listened a little bit more. And what it was is I didn't look like he thought I should. He thought I should be about 30 years older. I should have been in a suit. I'm not demeaning a suit, man. If you want to come in a Sunday with your best, man, you bring it. But what I'm saying is their mindset was I had to have everything perfected. Come on, church. How many, how many people know somebody that's like that? Maybe we're like that. I don't know. I don't got to point fingers. But, but we come in like, man, I thought a preacher was supposed to have his clothes on, and he was supposed to go, mm, hallelujah, and have nice shoes, right? But some people, they perform, they, they have this mindset of what they think church is going to be. But it's not going to take the preacher, it's not going to take the pastor or the worship team to change that. Yeah, it'll change when they come in here, but they're not going to come in here until they encounter Jesus through you and your small group. I'm just saying. And you're going to be who you hang out with. Sometimes people just want to be around godly people, I'm just going to say. Preconceived notions. What are our preconceived notions about small groups? Maybe you had that preconceived notion about going into a restaurant. People are like, oh, man, you're going to get staph infection if you even go in that restaurant. But, man, it smells so good. That Chinese smells so good from City Buffet. I don't care. It's good. But we build these mindsets. And my wife's shaking, no. I love, come on, Pastor Mike, we know we like City Buffet. Come on. But our preconceived notions of what it is, sometimes we're hesitant about getting into the restaurant, right? You look at the, the Yelp and the Google review, like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be going in there. And sometimes the reviews are good, and you walk in, and you're like, whoa, bro, I ain't spending a dime here. We're out, right? But what are our preconceived notions about small groups? Maybe you've been hurt by church people. Raise your hand. Come on. Join the group. Hurt people, hurt people. I don't care if it's in church. I don't care if it's outside the church. But don't let that put you on an island where you won't get back involved, that you won't get back plugged in relationally. I would rather be burned over and over and over and over and over again than ever put myself on an island again. I live there. Coconuts, you can only live on coconuts for so long. I'm just saying. It sounds pretty. It's tropical. But you can't be there all the time. It will get old eating fish with a spear. I'm just saying. I'm going to move on. I'm getting sidetracked. I got ADD, y'all. Embarrassed for what? What they're dealing with. Maybe you're like, man, I'm really struggling with marriage. I'm really struggling with this addiction. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want people to see that. Maybe you, you feel like you just don't know about, about God and the Bible. Like you've got to have this all figured out. That's not what small groups are about. It's literally sitting at a table or sitting doing something and just sharing with each other, loving on one another. Man, if you've got to tell somebody that you believe in God and that you are a Christian, you need to look in the mirror and readjust some things in your life. They should see it as an example, not your words. I'm just saying. But these things that bother us, like I don't know anybody. I'm too busy, man. You ain't, you ain't Donald Trump. You ain't that busy. You can get plugged into a group. I'm just saying. Get plugged into a group. But the things that bother us, what can we do to be a solution? Small groups. People are like, oh, I don't ever feel connected. People don't love on me. Do you love them? I'm just saying. Are you in a group? Get in a group this morning. Doctors have specialties. 
So do our groups. We have so many different groups, so many different demographics, so many different campuses. There's something for you. And you is for understanding. I want you to get the bigger picture here of what I'm talking about, of understanding. We all have a story, don't we? With that story and with that testimony, you're able to share with other people. You're able to relate with them. You're able to strip down walls and say, man, that person's been through the muck. That person's been through the mire. I'm going to listen to them. And you have a better understanding of where they're coming from. That old adage, you know, don't, what is this? Something about shoes. I already spaced it out. Don't judge somebody until you walk a mile on their shoes. And that's probably because you're a mile away and you've got their shoes, something like that. But no, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Come on. It's okay to laugh in church. But we need to have a better understanding because unity will only come with understanding one another. I'm not going to understand Jacob if I don't spend any time with him. Right? I'm not going to know, I'm not going to understand where someone else is coming from unless I spend some time and get close to them and say, hey, man, I get where you're coming from. Let's work through this thing called life together. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up and say, man, I I got so many interests. I want to do everything. Pick one. Just pick one. Maybe two, maybe three. We've got a couple, I call them group warriors. We've got the Shanzas in the house. They're group warriors, man. they got groups everywhere. But they're thriving because they're, they're passionate about it. They've taken a passion and they put it into a purpose. And I want us to do that this morning. But we all have a story. I, I want to I understand. I want to I highlight understanding and I'll move on. So that, that we, that's a story shared with us at the conference about this, this pastor and his church. A, a wife was in, in a small group and she had been making something, baking something for the small group. And then her husband went upstairs and committed suicide. So he had a personal relationship. So he ran over to the house. He prayed. He shared scripture. He comforted. But then what? It's not appropriate for the pastor to stay in the home of a widow by herself. He's going to do the funeral. He's going to give scripture and encourage. But church, it is small groups and connections that got that woman through it because somebody was able to stay in that home and have a cycle of, hey, I'll stay this week. I'll stay this day. I'll provide food for in this situation. And friends, I'm going to get real with you. Caldwell, we've had this happen multiple times. And that is why I'm so passionate about small groups. We've had people with loss that needed people for them to lean into. And we didn't have the structure. We didn't have, the, we didn't have that unity in a sense. And I'm not saying that to beat us up, but I just want us to recognize there are some needs in the house, and the pastor cannot meet them all. The pastor is not the church. We are the church. We need to reach people in Jesus' name. But so many people have needs. I have a role. God's given me a role. But unity is not going to be found in our church seats. It's just represented in our seats, standing together. Look, I want you to look around. How many people don't you know? Probably a lot, if we're going to be honest. Like, I mean, I don't even know your name. I, I've given you a fist bump every week, and I still haven't figured your name out. Corey. Somebody called me Chris. I gave him a hard time. But, but we're not going to know that unless we're connected with one another. Things happen in our church, but we need unity. And God made this a high priority in our life. You know the upper room of the day of Pentecost? It wasn't an explosive church service. It wasn't amazing worship. It was a group of dudes getting together, praying. And when they opened that door, man, they were on fire for God. And I want you, when you open your door to your group and people are on fire when they leave, it's like, man, I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to be filled. I can't wait to be filled somebody else. Come on. But I want that day. And that day's coming. The power of God fell. 
And they were bold. I, I don't know about you, but maybe you read Acts chapter 2 through 19. They were accused of the change in the turn the world upside down. And I believe that the small groups of this church will turn the world upside down, starting from Caldwell to Nampa to Oroville to Boise to Mount Home. I don't care where it's at. Wherever you step your feet, the Lord will make the enemy a footstool just for you to step to the next, to the next group, to the next ministry, to the next salvation. But we just got to pray, we got to seek, and we got to treat each other with love and respect. And finally, P is for progress. I want everybody to say progress. It's moving forward. I want to read very quickly out of the Passion Translation, the Passion Translation, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength. Come on, we don't depend on our own strength to accomplish this. However, I have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I have fastened my heart to the future instead. Moving forward, the kingdom of God does not advance backwards. It always moves forward, always reaching people, people being saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. It is time that we continue to move forward and watch this church grow before our eyes. This church is growing exponentially before our eyes, 50% in one year. I'm just saying. It's not because of me. It's not because of systems. It's because God is good and God is faithful and people are uniting and connecting with one another. I could hit a home run all day long, but it might not change one life because you're not connected with somebody. I'm just saying this morning. But how do we advance personally, spiritually, in Caldwell and CFC, the kingdom of God? Small groups. Really, guys, I know you heard me say small group. Man, this guy likes small groups. Yes, I'm passionate. I'm on fire for small groups. I'm going to start. I have my own small group, but we're going to probably start a couple more. And my wife's like, oh, but we're, we're going to do, we're going to, because I am so passionate. I believe this is untapped growth potential for the church, not just CFC, the church. There are churches that runs thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, and they credit it because of small groups. Yeah, they got great preachers. Yeah, they got great worship. But it's the connections what keeps people there. And I want to close with this. Why? Okay, Pastor, that, that was compelling. Man, I'm getting in a group, man. But why? Why do we do this? Why do we pay so much attention to this? I want to share this quick story that was shared last, last week. Seven people, seven billion people on the planet. Two billion, probably too high of an estimate. Two billion people consider themselves Christian. So that leaves five billion people on the planet that are destined for hell. I'm just going to be real, cut straight to the chase. Right? Five billion people. Well, what does that look like? I'm a visual guy. What does that look like? From chest to back... Chest to back, 5 billion people looks like one time around the globe. We're talking the, the, the biggest part of the globe. One time, five times, 15 times, 20 times, 30 times, 35 times around the globe, end to end, 5 billion people. I, I just want this, I really want that to soak in. That's why we do what we do on Sunday. That's why we do what we do in small groups. I might not be able to touch the person on the other end of the globe, but I can certainly touch the person in front of me. And it's the domino effect. 
you touch this person, that person touches that person, and so on and so on and so on. Then you are changing, you are flipping the world upside down in Jesus' name simply because you wanted to be obedient and you wanted to be a part of a group. You wanted to be part of something bigger than yourself and you wanted to see someone else ushered into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Come on, church, can I get an amen? That's why we do what we do. That's why we are passionate about small groups.